After the Harvest Festival, today we feast ourselves on one piece of new machinery that's proved so efficient for one farmer, he's bought two of them. I've always been quite positive in my thinking, and if I'd made a decision that one was good enough, then two would be good enough, certainly. More on that soon. Later, the grapes being harvested this week that might finally mean quality red wine from the UK. First, though... Sugar beet. The week in agriculture. This is the farming program with Sean Dunderdale. Good morning. Yes, let's start this week with Simon Leeds at British Sugar. The new campaign is well underway, though. Is the weather a help or a hindrance, Simon? Well, it's certainly topical, Sean. Um, I was going to start with the weather actually, and certainly won't need me to tell our listeners just how wet it has been um, over the last few weeks. You know, even at home for my own rain gauge. Since the last time we spoke. On the 15th of September, I've tipped out 161 millimetres. That's 6.3 inches. And uh, by anybody's reckoning, that's a lot of rain. And it's certainly gone down the soil profile as, you know, when I'm out and about, there are certainly land drains running that I've not seen running since spring 2018. So so it has been wet. And, uh, you know, this has impacted on progress with all crops, um, be that planting or harvesting. And sugar beets, no, no exception to that. Normally we run very tight schedules to control deliveries, but we've been running on what we call free loading uh, for the campaign to date. And this is to ensure that we can keep the factory running. I would like to take this opportunity to thank you know, the growers, the harvesting contracts and the haulers for their efforts over these last few weeks, You because know, I really do fully appreciate how challenging it has been for some, so thank you for that. The factory at Newark has got off to a really good start, probably the best in recent years, so well done and thank you to my colleagues there. Um, it's fantastic for them, and it's a great reward for all the hard work that they've put in over the summer and the huge cash investment that we've made, so you know that's, that's really nice to see. In terms of uh, crop prospects, early reports are you know, looking promising, but as ever, you know, it's a long way to go now until the end of the campaign, but so far so good. And as I've said on this programme before, it's really important to focus at this time of year on crop recovery. Our growers have invested a huge amount of time and money into these crops, and often some quite simple steps can make a real positive impact on recovered crop yield. So do please make use of my team of contract managers and the BBRO to support you with this. I'm pleased to say that the contract offer for 2020 is out and returns are coming in really well. Uh, please remember that there is a 65% cap on the multi-year contracts and this will be managed on a first-come, first-served basis. So if you're interested in the multi-year offers, I would urge you to get your contracts back as soon as possible. And in terms of uh, price on a crown basis, uh, the one-year contract for 20 will be paid at £20.99 per adjusted tonne. And the 2020 multi-year will be paid at £21.90 for the first year and then £21.18 for years two and three. The reason for this is that uh, the 2118 is the price required to on average maintain the 21 pounds 90 because what we're actually starting to see is the uh, the change to a move to a new volumetric sugar scale and a move to uh, not deducting crown tear. So the net effect on average is that growers will be delivering 3% more adjusted tons. A little complicated that, but if you wish to discuss that or any aspects of the crop uh, please don't hesitate to contract your British Sugar contract manager. In the meantime, let's hope for favourable weather, but the main thing, please, is to uh, stay safe. Nothing, absolutely nothing we do is worth getting hurt for. And if you do see unsafe behaviour, be brave, have the conversation, because you might be saving someone's life. Wise words, safety always key. Thank you, Simon. That's Simon Leeds with the update there from British Sugar. 
Last week on the programme, we focused very much on the Harvest Festival services taking place over recent weeks. And thank you, by the way, for the many kind words about the programme from uh, those of you who came up and said hello at last Sunday's service at Lincoln Cathedral. It's good to know you enjoy sharing your Sunday mornings with us. Indeed, our listening figures are out again this week, and even more people are joining us on a Sunday morning, which is good to know. Hello if uh, that's you as well. During harvest itself, I spotted a beast of a machine in one or two fields and wanted to find out a little bit more about it. It's the Fent 90 Combine. Uh, Chandler's Farm Equipment are selling it, and indeed one farmer out Spalding Way was so impressed when he saw it he bought two of them for this summer's harvest, swapping from his more established combines. We'll hear from him, Robin Hancocks, at Lincolnshire Field Products in a moment. First, Sean Stansfield from Chandler's can tell us a little bit more about the combine. Yeah, we're very, very privileged to um, be working alongside the project with Agco with this new Ideal Combine. First dreamt up back in 2011. It is a blank piece of paper and we've got basically what we see as the Ideal Combine. Um, the farms was asked many years ago across Europe what would be their ideal combine and what you see is the ideal combine and it features a few key features such as it um, eliminates cracked grain we can have a remarkable straw quality excellent fuel saving ultimate driver comfort and um, it's very productive it's got the latest state-of-the-art technology Okay, so that's what it does let's turn to Robin um, I mean... You bought two of them. That's that's quite an investment. Yes, it is. Um, we have been customers of Chandler's Farm Equipment for many years, and uh, we've been using the Fent product range uh, for that uh, number of years. Been very pleased with the reliability and consistency of the tractors. Very happy with the service and backup from Chandler's Farm Equipment. So when they approached me. 12, 15 months ago and to suggest that the combine project was coming to fruition and that there would be commercial um, machines available to purchase. Um, we asked them to put a tender package together to fit with the acreage of combinable crops that we grow, which includes winter wheat, winter all-seed rapes, spring beans and some spring barley, uh, totaling some 4,400 acres. Um, We have a very um, tight harvest uh, interval period that we have to um, achieve because as well as the combinable crops that we grow, uh, we're producing vegetables, we're producing potatoes and sugar beet, and our manpower is limited, so we need the maximum output to cover the biggest acreage in the shortest amount of time. So obviously you made the leap, you decided to get the two. How have they performed? Uh, they perform very well. Um, it's well documented that the 2019 harvest has been quite a tricky one from a weather point of view. Stop, start. Um, but when the combines needed to go, every day that the combining conditions were suitable to go, they worked. They were reliable. Um, the drivers were already familiar with the layout in the cab and the controls because they had experience with the, the um, tractors within the fent range, so that helped. Uh, there was tremendous pre-season training for the drivers they went to the agco or um, fent facility um, in kenilworth Uh, they went to france to have practical hands-on experience of driving the combine so when they set into the field on the first day they knew what they were doing they knew how to set them up Uh, the technology that's available within the combines which was another influencing factor for our purchase 
was tremendous in that um, we've already heard the, the uh, mention of reducing the split grain, uh, the better um, straw quality, but that comes about by the driver having full access to the technology and visibility of the flow of the product and crop through the combine. Why did you go for two? Why didn't you just think, well, I'll try one and see? Because that is quite a leap, isn't it? Um, yes, but I've always been quite positive in my thinking. And uh, if I'd made a decision that one was good enough, then two would be good enough, certainly. And the acreage that we have warrants two combines to get it done in the timely fashion that I've also already mentioned. And the other beauty of this is that having two uh, matching combines with the technology, we have an A to B, uh, which I don't quite understand how all this works, but it is very important in terms of maximising the efficiency within the field the two working together minimizing the sort of overlaps or undercuts as I should say Uh, both drivers being able to work as one in terms of getting the ideal setting when they're at work so it was no difficult decision at all for me to go for two in the first instance and here we are at the end of of harvest Um, has it proved worthwhile already Uh, Very much so. There will be one or two things that we'll be talking about at the end of the season that we can improve upon, but then I would have expected that, and and I think everything that we do within our farm business is always about continuous improvement. And again, with the mindset that Fent have, is that they want their products to be the best. They want to involve their operators in this process of ensuring that they are the best. So we'll be sitting down together with uh, various people from Chandler's and Fent, our own drivers, our own management to uh, sort of really analyse the good points and the very few areas where there'll be some minor tweaks made to make them even better for the 2020 harvest. And Robbie, just briefly, as we are here, how was harvest this year? You mentioned you touched on the weather. Uh, it's been very stop-start, com- completely different to last year. How's, how's it been? Because I know there was a lot of rain in South Lincolnshire particularly, wasn't there? There was, and um, it meant that harvest was slightly more protracted than we would have liked. I think certainly in the area of South Lincolnshire, the um, awful weather that we experienced in June had a sort of a negative knock-on effect to the sort of our yield expectations, and our yield was slightly down on the previous year Uh, that's no reflection on the combine Um, they coped with the conditions very well Uh, and one point that I would like to make as a summary margins are very tight for arable farmers one of the areas that we've looked at is savings in fuel and and we think we've been saving about 350 litres per day per combine and uh, I'm not just sure the accurate price of uh, tractor diesel today but say 60 pence Uh, that's a significant saving every day that we go to work we all like to make savings, don't we? That's Robin Hancocks at Lincolnshire Field Products discussing that Fend 9T. And at the start, we heard from Sean Stansfield as well at Chandler's. It is a beast. I'm not exaggerating. It's uh, good to find out more about it. I hope you remembered the clock change overnight. Someone who did is Kit Dickinson from Openfield, as he's here now, thankfully. Morning, Kit. Morning, Sean. How are you? I'm all right. Surviving the weather. How are you? I think surviving the weather. Uh, a boat is, is probably better than a tractor at the moment. Yes. No, I had the right idea. So what's uh, happening in uh, the world of Openfield? Well, uh, exports continue at a, at a great pace around the UK, and this will continue until the end of the month when we have a clear idea of the tonnage that we've got left in the country. The main focus outside Brexit and exports this week has been drilling winter wheat. And finally, we had a two to three day dry window. But after the rain this weekend, it is uncertain how long it will take to dry up and how much more wheat we will get in going forward. 
There is a possibility of shortage of spring seed, especially spring beans and spring wheat. So it is worth putting provisional orders in if some of your winter area will turn into spring with the continued poor weather. There is still uncertainty around Brexit and how it will affect the grain market. The key thing to keep an eye on is currency, and this has been the largest influencing factor to date and is expected to be going forward. If a Brexit deal goes through, there is a possibility of currency strengthening and the grain price dropping. But a no deal could mean the pound weakening and the grain price rising. We only need a small rise to achieve 140x farm for May 20, which could bring a glut of grain to the market. Looking further forward to new crop, it's slightly more optimistic in terms of prices. New crop is currently trading at a £10 premium above old crop. The question is, how much grain are you prepared to price at current levels, given it's not in the ground? But, on the other hand, grain that hasn't been drilled can't be priced. Oilseed rate. The price has continued to drop this week, along with the French motif, due to political and currency reasons. There is some positivity in the market, however. Chicago is strong on the back of fresh deals with China, and there are also weather concerns in Canada. The UK balance sheet is tight, and if currency stabilises, this should have a positive effect. UK plantings are also down, and some crops have been pulled up due to flea beetle, which could have a positive effect on the market going forward. Moving on to prices this week, feed wheat is trading for November at 127 to 129, for February 132 to 134, May 135 to 137, and November 21, 140 to 142. Milling premiums are currently 20 to 22 pounds. Oilseed rope, November 312 to 314, February 314 to 316, May 318 to 320, and again November 21, 304 to 306. Feed barley for November is 118 to 119, with limited carry further forward to February at 119 to 121, and May 122 to 124. There are no prices going further forward than that, and malting premiums are circa 8 to £10. Feed beans, November 195, with £1 carry per month going forward to May. Human consumption premiums are sample specific, therefore please contact your Openfield Farm Business Manager for detailed prices. Thank you. The prices and news there from Openfield with Kit Dickinson. On to agronomy, watching the weather as ever or trying to avoid the rain. Certainly our crop doctor, Sean Sparling. Morning, Sean. Have you had a good week? Yes, morning, Sean. I think the best thing about this week was an extra hour in bed this morning, wasn't it? Um, it looked so promising on Tuesday and Wednesday. Two nice days, bit of wind blowy, bit of sunshine, but it really didn't dry that much. And then it all went sour again on Thursday and I was back to normal. I've taken well over an inch and a half of rain once again this week and there's a lot of comparisons being drawn with autumn 2012 which was a a bad autumn for drilling and I looked out my weather records the other day in 2012 October I took 69 mil well I'm more than that now November 2012 I took 96.8 mil and December 2012 I took 115.4 mil so it could easily do that this year there's nothing we can do by worrying about it there's nothing we can do by moaning about it it is what it is it's wet it could stay wet and it could keep getting wet but I remember in 2012 everybody was saying 
We don't put spring crops in because we can't get them in on our land. If it's wet, we just can't get them in. It will be a disaster. But actually, 98% of people got things in the ground in the spring and harvest 2013 was actually pretty fair. The prices were good and the quality was good. And it's the fact that that weather in May, June and July is what governs. It's that weather which influences most what we take off at harvest. I know it's complicated. You can drill winter wheat all the way through to January, middle of January. And if we get a good May, June and July, it'll be absolutely fine. Winter barley, I think, is probably the biggest loser because I simply cannot see how we're going to get that in the ground well. And it will need to go in the ground well. Now we've hit November. We've got a lot less daylight in the for it to grow we've got conditions getting worse and worse we don't want to put it in and it sits there cold and doesn't come up for six weeks so winter barley may well be the big loser unless we get a kind benevolent november which is just as likely as a wet one because we just don't know what we're going to get what i would say is with wheat and barley alike if you are going to drill it then spray it drill it spray it drill another spray another that's how to do it because if you go and drill a whole block and prioritize drilling over spraying then as soon as you take any cultivation equipment through these seed beds, you get a flash of UV light, which will trigger any blackgrass seeds in that top inch or so to start growing. So if you leave it more than three or four days for putting your pre-em on, the roots will already be out of the range of any herbicide you subsequently apply and control of that black grass will be severely reduced by delaying. So don't be tempted to drill it and then go back in three weeks' time and spray it because you won't get the benefit of that pre-em herbicide. Also remember, 40 mil deep is for the safety of the crop. If you've got exposed seeds and you spray them with flufenoset or you put Avidex on, triolate granules, both of those things are capable of causing significant damage to exposed germinating seed. So just be careful about that. Covered seed is the key. And don't be tempted to double your seed rate to allow for all of these potential losses. You've still got soil temperatures in excess of 11. You've got moisture. You can see the black grass and the broadleaf weeds and, and everything else growing in the seed beds. So soils are clearly still mineralizing and releasing nitrogen. Everything's there. It is growy conditions. So you putting 400 seeds on instead of the 275 target seeds that you should be aiming at, every one of those is likely to come. And if you want slugs to thin them out and herbicides, decide to thin them out chances are they won't so we can always as agronomists make a thinner crop thicker in the spring but we struggle to make a thick crop thinner so you're aiming at 750 ears per square meter on a winter wheat crop come harvest if you go and put 400 seeds a square meter on and you get two tillers per plant because it's nice and growy you've got 1200 and that's going to impact on yield in a negative way so um moving on winter beans i've no point talking about them i've no winter beans in the ground look unlikely to get any in the foreseeable future all seed rape the cabbage stem flea beetle adults are still out there nagging at these crops we're starting to pick up light leaf spot we're starting to pick up foma and alternaria so the one thing i have to say about all seed rape is to all seed rape let's hope we get a better week next week sean if, if we don't there's nothing we can do about it so let's meet up again here same time next week if we're spared it's a date it's in my diary thank you sean sparling of sparling agronomy services our very own sas now how do you fancy a quality red wine produced here in the uk well scientists at niab emr think they're on the right track with a new grape variety that they're harvesting this week Dr. Julian LaCour is head of Viticulture and Wine, R&D. He's on the phone. So, Dr. LaCour, tell us uh, what you're doing. So, uh, the, um, the UK red wine uh, production is quite uh, marginal. If you look at the, the UK wine industry, really just represents 5% of the wine produced in the UK. Uh, it's mainly focused at the moment on sparkling wine and white wines. 
uh, and red wines are uh, very difficult uh, to produce simply because of the process. You need not only to have a perfect ripeness of the skin and the flesh of the berries, but the seeds as well. And it takes longer for these seeds to ripen. And in our very marginal climate for viticulture, the pressure of botrytis and mildew is so high that we struggle at getting uh, this ripeness. And so far, as you say, you know, this is the first year the harvest um, is going well? Yeah, it's the second year, in effect. Uh, we have had a crop last year, uh, 10 tonnes per hectare of a very good quality uh, grapes. Uh, we've learned a bit. Uh, we haven't left it uh, long enough on the cane to get uh, the full aromatic complexity we were expecting. But this year, that's what we've done. So we are going to harvest tomorrow, in effect, uh, from our vineyards. So three weeks after Pinot Noir. And, and how, is, how is the yield looking, do you think? Uh, we are at more than 10 tonnes per hectare, we expect 12 tonnes per hectare, approx, which is fantastic. Uh, and the quality is very, very high, very aromatic grapes. The seeds and are, are black, so they are very ripe, which does mean that we are going to extract uh, very good tannins, which, which is going to give a good structure to the wine. Now, given the summer we've, uh, we've just had this year, compared to the, the, the much better summer we had last year, will, will that affect it? Do you think would it be you know, almost better if we'd had more sunshine like last year? Yes, of course, sunshine is always welcome you know, to, uh, to help with the ripeness of these grapes. But that's where Divico, so this new variety we have identified, uh, is important uh, because it has been bred for disease resistance. And it does allow these, uh, these bunches to ripen longer on the cane without being destroyed by mild, basically, botrytis. Uh, and therefore, despite the very challenging conditions we have at the moment, we can get the ripeness you would expect for the, quali- the production of high-quality red wines. Now, it's worth pointing out, it's, it's, um, the UK's climate, you know, as you mentioned earlier, not usually known for its, uh, for its red wine, certainly. Uh, this work you've done, it's not because our climate is changing, is it? It's specifically the work you have been doing. Yes, exactly. So the, the, the climate change is, is something that's going to take time. We see first trends. We had some uh, extreme events, such as last year. There will be more of these events. Uh, but still, you know, we are still a marginal climate to grow grapes. Uh, if you think about it, even in, in Brittany, uh, in France, which is southern than the UK, they don't grow grapes. Or there is a tiny vineyard, but it's, it's very marginal. So, uh, you know, it's still going to be a marginal climate to grow grapes for quite a long time. But uh, with the right choice of varieties, and especially this one, uh, we think that we can produce red wines in the UK commercially. It sounds like a, a real game changer for the UK, really, what you're doing. Yes. So the, our job basically is to de-risk for the industry uh, and underpinning growing practices and the choice of varieties, rootstocks with good science. So we have recorded a lot of data on growth habits, on quality, on wine as well. We've produced some uh, wine last year with this variety. We are going to redo it this year, and we think there is a potential. So having studied this variety for four years now, uh, we think uh, it's, it's a good one for the UK. And how does it taste? You must have tasted it. Yes, with the wine we produced last year, uh, the, uh, it wasn't at its full potential again because you know, it's, a, it's a learning process, so you have to learn by doing mistakes. And last year we've harvested it too early. Uh, by leaving it longer on the cane, it will be more aromatic or more complex in terms of aromas. But last year we had a very uh, nice texture, very soft, silky texture, uh, and we had as well very nice cherry aromas. Um, and it, it was a beautiful wine, really. 
Of course, you're French, I'm guessing. I, I hate to presume, but I'm guessing you're French, yeah? Yeah, it's a, it's a good way. <laughs> well done. <laughs> so, uh, from that, how, how do you feel about, obviously, you know, we all know about fine wines uh, coming over from, uh, from, France, from France, but how do you feel about handing the crown over to the UK, maybe, eventually? I'm very happy to do so. You know, I'm not only French, I'm Norman. So I've got a long history, you know, dating from uh, 1066 with, uh, with this country. So very happy to help. Excellent, excellent. Okay, so the, the work continues, I guess. Uh, as you say, you know, this, this harvest is happening um, this week. You'll be uh, picking the grapes and, and harvesting them. Uh, what happens next? So we are harvesting tomorrow morning. Uh, then we are going to destem and slightly crush uh, the berries. We are going to let them macerate for a certain period of time until we reach the quality we wanted at this stage, uh, and we'll start the fermentations then. Well, we'll uh, we'll keep in touch and uh, you know see how how it goes. Interesting, It'll be fascinating to see how it develops. Yeah, and, uh, please send me your address. I will send you a bottle as well. Oh, definitely. <laughs> you're on. <laughs> you're on, uh, Dr. Julian. Thank you for uh, joining us on the program. Thank you very much. Bye. That's Dr. Julian Lacourt of Niab EMR. Definitely one to watch, and not just because of the offer of free wine there. <laughs> Quickly, onto the weather. The Farming Programme. Five-day forecast. It's drier but colder. Today, you'll notice plenty of sunshine to come. Highs of 10, the winds from the west, 10 to 20 miles an hour. More of the same for tomorrow. A cold and frosty start to Monday, with temperatures overnight tonight dipping to around 2 Celsius. Blue skies to follow, though, with sunshine once again. Highs nearer 7, with winds from the north at 10 miles an hour. Tuesday could continue down that path, though it is possible some rain might uh, come in. The winds more from the east with daytime highs of nine. And for the end of the week, a little bit more unpredictable. It might stay calm, though it is possible the jet stream will shift and bring more unsettled weather again. Our hourly forecasts will keep you fully up to date. For now, that's the forecast. And indeed, that's it for another week's farming. We'll do it all again, maybe with a general election planned at the same time next Sunday. We'll see. Until then, raising a glass of quality red wine. Eh, Maybe it's a bit too early. Either way, cheers.